Hello, everybody, and welcome to the My Mike and I podcast. I am your host, Noah Alvarez. Thanks to everybody that's tuning into the show right now. Much love to everyone, whether you're a day one listener or you're new to the show. Greatly appreciate every single one of you. Why not shout out to Generic Sports? He's the producer behind the instrumental that's playing in the background. Search up more of his work at soundcloud.com slash generic sports. You can also find him on Twitter and on Instagram. Search Generic Sports. He produces a lot of instrumentals and beats via those social media platforms as well. Shout out to my homie Vince Correa. He helped design the My Mike and I logo. He's also working on a new My Mike and I logo that should be dropping soon. Helping a lot of different areas too with the podcast as well. So big shout out to Generic Sports and big shout out to Vince for helping produce the podcast. You can listen to this podcast on Apple, on Spotify, on TuneIn, on Stitcher, on Google Play, also on SoundCloud. So be sure to leave a rating and review, follow us, subscribe to us, let us know about, let your friends know about us. And yeah, we'd greatly appreciate any promotion of the podcast. You can follow us on social media. You can follow me on social media. My Twitter is at underscore Noah Alvarez. Also follow me on Instagram at Noha underscore Alvarez. And then follow the new My Mike and I page on Instagram at my period Mike and period I. I occasionally post questions there on the stories or on my Twitter or on my Instagram pages. And that's how I try to interact with listeners and get your guys' questions on the show where I will answer them. But yeah, on to this week's show. We're on episode 78. Glad we made it this far. Did want to plug some other work too. Go on YouTube, search 90.1 KBPK. It's the radio station at Fullerton College that I've been interning for this year. Uh, I do a coaches show on a weekly basis, so go check out that. I'm the co-host for that. I also call a lot of volleyball games, and as we're, we're getting some other sports games too. I did a, a men's soccer game. I did. I do plenty of football games for the uh, the radio station as well, along with the the the. The football games for the football, the, 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 I can't talk right now. I do the football games too for Fullerton College as well on Saturdays. I help out with that one. But yeah, it's a lot of fun doing really great work on that stuff. So search KBPK for more stuff on me. And then article two, I have an article coming out for the ball out. By the time you're all listening to this podcast, hopefully it's out, but it's going to be on a college football quarterback. Don't want to say who, but yeah, be sure to go check out Noah Alvarez at the ball out. Right, uh, try to do a weekly column, or a bi-weekly column sometimes it is because I just get really busy with work and everything. I don't have time to write on a consistent basis, but I love writing too, so be sure to check out my written work on theballout.com. Congratulations to the Washington Nationals winning the World Series champions. Uh, it's, a, it's a great time to be, I guess, a, a fan in Washington. I mean, you had the Capitals winning it last year, the Nationals winning it this year, their first ever in franchise history. And they were with the, they started out with the Montreal Expos back in 69. And so it was a really cool team to watch them win because I had the Astros favorite all year to make the trade for Grinky. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, they're a lock. They go into the playoffs, I think they're a lock to win. And even, you know, at the start of this World Series, I thought the Astros were a lock to win. I saw that, I said this, what was it, two, two episodes ago? I thought the, you know, Astros were going to be the lock to win the World Series. But sure enough, the, the Nationals, and what I think was most cool about them is they're just, they were a team full of misfit guys. I mean, sure, they had the Aces and Max Scherzer and Steven Strasburg. Sure, they had, you know, star players in Juan Soto and Anthony Rendon. But a lot of other players, like Howie Kendrick, who hit the big home run against the Dodgers in the NLDS. I mean, I would have never thought, or excuse me, yeah, the NLDS. 
I, I, I really didn't know how Kendrick was still playing baseball. I didn't know Azdrubal Cabrera was still playing baseball. Heck, I didn't even know Gerardo Parra was still playing baseball. So they, it seemed like the Nationals were a team full of misfits, guys that you didn't even know were still playing baseball, like Daniel Hudson and Fernando Rodney and other guys like that in their bullpen. It's just like, what the heck? And they were able to somehow find a way to win this World Series. Congratulations to them. The road team won every game in that World Series, too, which I find fascinating. But yeah, Game 7, it was fairly interesting. One of the lowest rating, I got the notification today uh, that it was the lowest rated Game 7 in World Series history. I just think that's because not a lot of people are fans of Nationals or the Astros. Nonetheless, I really liked that game. It was a fun game. It was a fun series to watch. Happy Halloween, too. I'm recording this the night of Halloween. Halloween will have passed by the time you guys are listening to this one or it's out on the platforms for you guys to listen to. But hope you guys had a safe and enjoyable Halloween holiday. A lot of H's. Also, happy Dia de los Muertos. That's going on the weekend after. And no, it's not a Mexican Halloween. Go do your research. Dia de los Muertos is a lot more. Go watch Coco. Go listen to the event I covered at Fullerton College. It was a Dia de los Muertos event, Day of the Dead event at Fullerton College last Thursday. We did a live broadcast, which was really cool, a lot of fun. It's still recorded and up on the KBPK YouTube page. So go check that out. Uh, I have a lot of fun with the different guys, too, from KBPK talking about Day of the Dead and its traditions. Um, There's no guests on this week's show, so I'll make the intro kind of quick as we get through the listener questions. But we're going to have a story instead. It'll be an interesting story. Don't want to spoil too much of it until later. But yeah, let's go ahead and get into these listener interaction questions, and I'll tell you a little bit more about this week's show and what we're going to be doing. So this week, because I didn't have a guest, I asked on my Instagram, I asked on the My Mike and I pages Instagram, I asked on the Twitter too, for you guys to just shoot me any questions in regards to anything. It could have been Halloween, NBA, and not that many people ask, ask questions, which I find interesting because I'm giving you guys the open, basically the green light for you guys to ask anything and anything about me. And I will, you know, share it on the show. And that's like, like a golden opportunity. I'm sure a lot of people don't know everything about me. But yeah, nonetheless, let's get into this first question. It's asked by Jennifer and she asked, how many kids do you plan on having in the next 40 years? Well, at first, the old me would have wanted like five kids. I wanted to field my own basketball team, run scrimmages in the backyard, and then even four kind of seemed like a lot uh, just a couple years ago. And so my mindset has changed a lot. I think even three would be too much. So right now, I think two would be an ideal number, uh, you know, one boy, one girl. Uh, but right now, too, I think, honestly, I'd be happy and okay with one child as well. And then adopting. I think that adopting, I've been more open to the adoption route. The older I've gotten and the more research I've done. So I think I would like to do adoption for one or two kids as well as having one of my own. Thanks for the question, Jennifer. Appreciate it. Next question by Daniel underscore son. How about them 49ers? Who is going to be the first team to hand them an L? You know, shout out to Daniel, DP. Um, You know, I was wrong. I thought the Panthers were going to smoke the 49ers. I I thought that was the first challenge and turns out the 49ers smoked the freaking Panthers. They were completely unprepared for that game. 49ers, as I'm recording this, defeated uh, the Arizona Cardinals in a close fashion game. I, I think the, the 49ers are legit. I thought the, that the Panthers game was their biggest test, and they just came out fully ready to play. Their defense was amazing. And the offensive play calling, man, I was, tell, I was talking with a coworker earlier today. 
The 49ers ran about two to three plays, maybe maybe more. I didn't get to watch the whole game because my stream was busted. But in the time that I was watching, they ran about three, four plays that I had never seen called in an NFL game, which I thought was pretty amazing because I've watched over at least two, three hundred NFL games in my life, maybe probably even more. And it was just, it was it was fantastic to watch. Kyle Shanahan is an offensive genius. Love that guy. Uh, the 49ers are in very good hands. I think their first loss comes to Seattle. I just think that Seattle's a very tough team. They're coming off a close victory over Arizona. Uh, it's just the middle of the year. I think, I'm think i thinking Seattle. Seattle's been playing really well. They've played San Francisco really well these past few years. Russell Wilson, hard to stop that guy. I think the Seahawks are going to give the 49ers the first L. The season gets a lot tougher for the 49ers, too. It's worth noting at the tail end of this uh, 2019 season. It was a very easy first half, which is why I think a lot of people didn't take them to legit. But I now consider them very legit. Top three team in the NFL this year, for sure. Next question is from underscore Randy Kuh. He asks, hot take, what's the best 2019 album? Thanks for your question, Randy. Hope you're doing big things at Fresno State this year. You know, I was mulling over this question a little too longer, too long, longer than I should have. Should have been right off the top. But the best album for me in 2019 thus far has been Revenge of the Dreamers 3 by Dreamville. You had a lot of other features too, like Saba was on it, Ty Dolla Sign, including Vince Staples, Buddy, T.I., Baby Rose, Buddy, again, he's on like three to four different songs. You had Reason of T TDE on there, The Baby was on there. You had so many different artists feature on this as well as all the Dreamville heavyweights. And watch that documentary and how they made this album. I love that the fact that they just rented out a building, put a bunch of studios in it, and then just basically made a competition. They invited hundreds of different artists and a bunch of different producers, and they had different rooms for different vibes, and it's just like, hey, you record something, you make something, that fits one of the best things, we're gonna put it on the album. So I really love the creation of the album. I think more artists should gather and do stuff like that going forward. I think you can see TDE doing something like that next year. But yeah, by far, Revenge of the Dreamers 3 has to be, has to be, my favorite album of 2019. On to the next question. This was asked to the My Mike and I Instagram page. Mr. C.W. Bullock. Shout out to Chris Bullock. He's the editor at The Ball Out. Why do football teams purposefully tank? What is the real end game? You know, good question. When you look at the teams tanking right now in the NFL, Miami Dolphins, a team from Washington, as well as a few other teams. I don't think the Cincinnati Bengals planned on tanking at the beginning of the year, but they just benched Andy Dalton, so I think they're tanking. When I think of NFL teams tanking, why they do it? Well, first and foremost, they want that first and second overall pick. And I think in more, more than any sport, sure there is your handful of busts from first round picks, but I think compared to baseball and I think compared to the NBA, typically more times than not, a top five first round pick will really help change the direction your franchise can go towards. And for teams like Miami, for teams like Cincinnati, for teams like Washington, well, and when Washington and Cincinnati is correct, uh, kind of tricky because I don't think either of them planned on tanking at the beginning of this year. So we'll just stick with Miami. But Miami knew. They have a new head coach, yeah, Brian Flores. He just got hired from the New England Patriots. He was on their staff last year. He wants his new kind of style of players. They were a bad team last year. They just had a bad roster overall. Not too many bright spots on this roster. So it's really time to blow things up. They trade all their pieces. They traded Laramie Tunsil. They traded guys before. 
the the season started and trade some more guys at the trade deadline like you know uh, Kenyon Drake to the Arizona Cardinals and um and basically for the Miami Dolphins standpoint it's when it's a new coach you want to see him get maybe more of his style of players if you really trust that coach and you trust his philosophy and what he wants to do with the organization so I think you give that opportunity for him to get a top five player in the next year's draft and and potentially two two top 15 players we could say because they traded for that Pittsburgh Steelers pick when they traded Minka Fitzpatrick away so I think the Steelers could potentially finish it with the top 15 pick so they'll have two picks in the top 15 kind of help rebuild and reload that roster hopefully get a quarterback too because I think you know the quarterback position is really so so important so vital in this current day NFL so I think that's why NFL teams tank I, I you, you gotta Sometimes, especially the Dolphins, they know they're in the division with the New England Patriots. They know that the Jets and the Bills are probably both better than them, too, heading into this year, even before the hire of Brian Flores. So I just think, okay, you know you're not going to be the Patriots. They've been the greatest team ever since the last, you know, 20 years. You know, there's two other teams probably better than you in the division. You know, the wild card shot, eh, not looking lightly. I think you tank in that sense just to rebuild and reload and get some new guys, get some new energy on your roster and, and when you look at the cases of Washington and Cincinnati uh, I think you know Washington was more of an injury right case uh, case not case Keenum Alex Smith got injured last season and uh, that was a huge blow to them they draft Dwayne Haskins but you know he doesn't look ready to start game one and they don't really trust him in starting from you know the get-go this season so they get case Keenum to start in position but that hasn't really gone as planned a lot of injuries to their offense the defense hasn't looked as sharp but you know they've been put in bad, bad situations so i think if you're washington well you're like hey we have a solid roster let's just tank and put some more weapons around Dwayne haskins maybe get an offensive lineman get a left tackle that wants to play because they have the whole back and forth with trent williams and you look at cincinnati same thing i mean they started off you know winless this year i don't think they planned on tanking this year like i said but they've had a few injuries. Andy Dalton's been really hot and cold. They benched him. AJ Green's been out the whole year. He hasn't been able to play a game. They're arguably their best offensive player and been the best player on their team the last five to six years. Their defense is getting a lot older. They have a new head coach too. So I think when, when I think tanking, I think, okay, usually it's a new head coach and they're trying to get a new regime in, get some new players, get some new fresh looks. But thank you for the question, Chris Bullock. I, I think that's why football teams tank. Basically to start fresh, get a new get a clean slate especially for a new coach or for a new GM when the organization is trying to churn direction you like to see that kind of stuff uh, I think it's a little bit it could be depending on you know who the GM who the front office is it could be done a little bit faster than the NBA and MLB because um, usually you see those teams tank for a few years every now and then too you'll run into like a team like the Oakland Raiders or the Cleveland Browns that have been bad for so long and been taking for so long it seems like but they just you know can't get themselves out of that hole or it just takes them a while uh you know again it comes down to the guys in the front office drafting these players and coaching them up nonetheless thanks to everyone for asking the questions on this week's show now's a good time to mention that you can find this podcast here on the big heads podcast network they're home to many great podcasts including the how will i die podcast here's a commercial explaining a little bit more about their show Did you know that a man once jumped into a bulletproof window so much that he busted it out of the frame and fell to his death? I do. Hey, I'm Nicholas Howe, and I made an improvised comedy storytelling podcast about this death and many others. 
Using a multiverse of memes as the catalyst, I explore the various ways people have died. I also have special guests on Freak Them Out about how dangerous the world is. Did you know lakes can explode? You do now. Listen to the How Will I Die podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, and follow us on Twitter at H-W-I-D-I-E-P-O-D. Boom, Noah Alvarez back here in action to tell you about episode 78. And well, episode 78, because there is no guest on the show, I just have fun with it and tell you the story about how I adopted my dog back in middle school, a Labrador mix. His name is Caesar. He's going on 15 now. He just had his 15th birthday uh, in September, so I thought it was fitting since I wasn't able to get an interview last minute and things kind of, plans fell through essentially and, and you know it happens in the industry you can't always so i'm just you know trying to put a little episode together it's a lot quicker episode a lot shorter episode than um, the ones in the past but yeah let's get into this week's show hope you enjoy the story of how i adopted my pet so ever since uh, my sister and i were really young we always wanted a dog in this family and my parents were pretty against it just because they knew it was a lot of responsibility, and I think in their head too, they didn't want to be the ones who take care of the dog. So they wanted to to wait till we were older, wanted to wait till one of us was more responsible, and they always set different goals for us too. For me, they, they set the GPA goal, and I had to get like above a 3.5, and whatever, and I had to be the right age and do so many chores and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. But by eighth grade, finally, at the end of seventh grade, we finally had those talks where my parents were like, hey, I think it's time for you guys to, you know, get a dog. Noah has the grades. He's shown that he's been responsible. He's juggling his schoolwork and his athlete, uh, you know, his athletic stuff and his sports. So he seems like he's responsible enough to take care of a dog. And, you know, sure enough, my sister and I are super happy. And we didn't realize how long of a process would be. We, you know, my parents decided to go through the shelter. And so it was like the summer right before I was in eighth grade. And I was new to the city of Orange, too. I'd only been living there for maybe like a year and a half or a year at the time. So, you know, it was, it was good to have a, a, a friend or a pet at home. That way I can have kind of like a friend at home to interact with, you know? Mm-hmm. And so at the beginning of that summer, we start heading to the shelter. It used to be right across the street from the block. Now it's no longer there. But we go to the shelter and we probably go every day after work or after my dad gets off of work because, you know, we're, we're at my grandma's all day, but he picks us up. And so, like, around 4 or 5 or maybe even later, sometimes 6, we'd get to the shelter, check out the dogs that are there, and, you know, try our best to get it. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with the shelter, it's usually like a first-come, first-serve if when a dog's up for adoption. Whoever puts them in the first reserve, you know, gets the first spot, gets to check them out first, and if they like them, boom, they take the dog home, sign the paperwork, blah, blah, blah. It's done. It's theirs. Uh, then there's a second person in line and essentially a third person in line. Usually they only go to three. But we kept getting third in a lot of these different dogs. And I, we always felt kind of cheated out because my dad didn't get off work till five or six. So, you know, I'm sure people are going during the morning or during the afternoon and they're, they're able to put these first dibs on dogs. And we're like, oh, mm-hmm. fuck, you know, we're, not, we're never going to get a dog because at this rate, you know, it just happened to be bad luck. And I remember, too, there was actually a dog that we... We, it was a younger dog, and it was like a black pit bull mix with something else. He didn't really look like a pit bull, or I don't know if I remember the gender of the dog, but I remember it was like a eight-month-old dog. It was a puppy still, but we went on vacation. I think that was the week we drove up to, like, uh, we drove up to Hearst Castle, and we drove up the one freeway. So we couldn't make it, and we weren't going to be back in time. And I remember we had 
second dibs on that dog. Mm-hmm. And during the vacation, they called us saying, hey, first dibs people didn't want the dog. So we're like, oh my gosh, like we need to go back now. We need to be back by tomorrow. My sister and I were thinking. Sure enough, my parents were like, no, we're not canceling a vacation for a dog. And so, you know, we missed out on that dog. And by that time, I was thinking, man, we're never going to get a dog. And sure enough, we end up going uh, one of these days and we're walking through the uh, we're walking through the, the the dog kennels. Right. And you've been to the dog pound, right? Yeah. And it's it's really sad. You see a lot of dogs they're there. Crying. A lot of them are yeah, either barking or they're crying. A lot of them look lost. A lot of them look scared. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as we're walking through, you see a lot of pit bulls. You see a lot of chihuahuas. And we didn't want either of those two at the time, you know. And, and so we weren't looking for anything specific. It could have been any breed, really. But just, you know, something mid-sized, not too big, not too hairy. And anyways, we come across this one dog. And, you know, black, really mid-sized, like 30 pounds maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, really skinny looking. Has a white chest and super quiet. Out of all the dogs, you know, either barking at you as you walk by or they're looking at you or they're crying. This one just kind of minding his own business. And, you know, so we ask about him. He's, it says he's a Labrador mix. Uh, and then we ask a little bit more. And they're like, oh, yeah, look, I think he's a Labrador mix with pit bull. Um, but he's a lot smaller than a lab, a lot smaller than a pit bull. Mm. Anyways, we, we like the dog. We, we think he's cool. And so we go and put in our dibs on him, and he, we get second. So we're like, okay, well, that's not bad. You know, we, this is our second time getting second. So we're like, okay, you know, last time we had opportunity, maybe this one will get lucky too. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, about, you know, a couple of days go by, because he, he was a stray that was found in the streets. Okay. So they kind of give you that warning, and they, they basically have, like, a, a grace period for the owner to come and claim that dog. But the four-day period, you know, passes, and so the first person sees him, and I, whatever happened with the first person, uh, I can't say. We don't know. Yeah. But I guess the first person didn't like the dog. And so sure enough, we get the call from the shelter. Hey, you know, we got a, we got a, you guys have second dibs on this dog. You guys can come check it out tomorrow if you want to. Well, backtrack a little bit more. It had been a, a weekend had passed, and over that weekend, my father was out cleaning the palm trees and he was on the top step of the ladder. Sure enough, you know, he wasn't secured or anything on and sure enough on the top side of the ladder, he falls off the ladder, hurts his arm to where the point he can't go to work. He's in an arm sling and he's taking a lot of uh, pain killing medicine, right? Oh no. Mm-hmm. And so he can't be, you know, he shouldn't be operating any kind of machinery. So that means driving, no. <laughs> and at the time, you know, I'm going into eighth grade, my sister's going into sixth. And so there's no way we can drive. And anyways, so we get the call and saying, hey, we can go visit them tomorrow. And my dad's like, oh, well, you know, unfortunately for you guys, you know, we can't go get them. And my sister and like, oh, no, like there has to be a way. Like, you know, we we asked my mom to take the time off. She says no. We asked my dad to just screw it and say, you know, drive. Can you please drive? Oh He's like, no. My mom was super against it, too, because <laughs> she's, you know, she's pretty straight edge and and so she was like, no, we're not making him drive. And, well, he was on so many. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but, you know, we're kids and we really wanted a dog and we had another golden opportunity. We didn't want to let this one pass. Nonetheless, we begged our dad to find a way and we eventually convinced him to say, hey, can you at least just take us on the bus just so we could check the dog out? Like, we're not going to take the dog. And that's what he, that's what he specified. He's like, hey, we're not going to buy the dog, but we can go check him out and we'll take the bus there. 
So we hop on the bus, you know, it's like two buses down there to the shelter. And um, we get off and like, it goes really well, you know, quiet dog. We we have like toys, they, they have toys in that little kennel for you to kind of like play and interact with them. Mm-hmm. Not super playful, but you, you know, you could tell he had a lot of energy. He was just very distant, kept to himself, mm-hmm. seemed very like low maintenance. And we're like, okay, that's a, you know, I think that'd be a good fit for us. And of course, my sister and I instantly fall in love with him. And, um, and my dad's like, no, like, you know, we're, I told you we're not getting the dog. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we ask a little bit more and like, yeah, this dog is for super quiet, you know, and, and, uh, there was actually like no third person on dibs. So mm-hmm. if we didn't get the dog, they're to put him down. And so mm-hmm. I think, I think that played into, uh, into perspective as well with my sister and I. So we were begging him, my dad to get the dog a little bit more and, you know, it was just like this back and forth, this back and forth. And I'm sure my dad was thinking, oh, what the, f-? like, freak, like, you know, what did I get myself into? Oh These damn kids, you know, begging me for a dog. And sure enough, my sister and I, you know, we put our we put our best puppy dog faces on and, you know, beg for the dog, saying, hey, we've been, you know, we've been trying and we've been working really hard to get this dog. And, mm-hmm. and so sure enough, my dad eventually caves in after a few phone calls back and forth with my mom. And I'm pretty sure my mom said no on, on a lot of those phone calls. But I think my dad was just, you know, tired of uh, telling us no. Yeah. And I think he just felt bad. And so he's like, you know what, screw it. We'll just, uh, we'll just get the dog. Oh, no. And, and so we sure enough, you know, he's like, you know, the ladies at the, the shelter are like, great. You know, here's the paperwork, sign here. And we, we got mm-hmm. the shots. Uh, it, it takes a process. It's like a, like 30 minutes for him to get the shots. I think he was already euthanized uh, or neutered. Mm-hmm. So, you know. That was already cleared, but he needs to get a couple of shots. We signed the paperwork. They give you, like, a, a leash, a collar, and, like, one bowl. And we're like, great, you know, we're all set. Not thinking, like, not realizing how much we needed for a freaking dog. Yeah. But also, we didn't really think, too, the transportation home. Because then my dad brought up to the point, hey, we can't take a dog on the bus. Like, that's just, I don't know if that's, like, allowed now, but. I don't think so, unless it's a service dog. Exactly. So, it wasn't going to be allowed back then and. Uh, I think this was 2008. So, no, it was 2007. But, yeah, it was... <laughs> so, we'd even think about how we are going to get the dog home after we purchased a dog at the shelter and we adopted. And so, my, my, my dad, who had been on the phone with my mom previously that day and, and, and discussing things with him, her, and she seemed like she was in a bad mood. Like, I didn't know what exactly she said all over the phone, but I'm sure she was pretty upset because... We made her called her like 10 times. Yeah. <laughs> we basically, uh, my dad convinced her to take the time the rest of the day off of work <laughs> to come in her car, <laughs> pick up the dog and us and take us home. And it was super funny because, you know, my mom, she she's super upset when uh, she pulls up, right? She pulls up in our old Ford Expedition mm-hmm. and um, she's like, oh, my God, I can't believe you guys went out and made your dad come here and get to come to the shelter and force him to the buy this dog. You guys guilt tripped him and, you know, he's sick. He should be at home. He's or not sick, but, you know, he's injured and he shouldn't be out here, you know. And it was, it was super funny. And, and, and the funniest thing, too, because the shelter, they don't really clean dogs that well. No. Um, it just kind of hose him down and and so anyways when we bring the dog into the car she's like oh my god too her, her first comment was oh my gosh you couldn't have picked an uglier dog like oh saying how god. like ugly our dog was and my sister and I were hurt and I was you know I was older one too so I was snappy at the time oh and gosh. I was like I, 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 I immediately went well at least he's not as ugly as you to my mom 
because uh, already like I was in love with this dog clearly yeah. after an hour of knowing him and um, sure enough we, we you know it's funny because on that vacation that I mentioned previously where we went up to PCH and traveled to Hearst Castle we stopped by Santa Cruz and a few other places as well different beaches and it was, it was a lot of fun yes. but during that we were in a hotel and we were wondering thinking about dog names because even though we didn't have a dog yet uh we both we all knew that we wanted a boy or at least my parents said we're getting a boy mm-hmm. and then um so we we couldn't agree on a name and that was i think we were struggling with and my dad was watching the history channel because he's a big history junkie and kind of like i am too yeah. and the history channel was on and they're talking about julius caesar of rome and sure enough my dad was like hey caesar like that sounds like a, a cool name for a dog and, and, like, the whole time, like, the last, you know, previous four to five months, like, none of us could agree on a name. Yeah. But sure enough, my sister liked it, and I liked it, and my mom liked it, and we're like, yeah, like, Caesar, that'd be a good name. And so, we have that in the back of the heads, and, and fast forward to, you know, actually getting in the car after the shelter with the dog. We decided to name him Caesar. Or well, I think you have to do it, you have to name him at adoption, the, so. Yeah. So, we named him a little bit before that. But yeah, and it was super funny just because even on the ride home, my mom was just bashing my dad, bashing us. Like, I can't believe you. You guys, you guys have no idea. Like, you do you even have anything even at home to, oh prepared God. for a dog? And I, I didn't even think about it. I was like, oh shit, we don't. Like, we just got a bull and a leash and a collar. We need to we need to stop by the store, and and so you know we had to make a stop at the store, uh, buy like a uh, uh we didn't even buy a bed at first. I think we just bought like a blanket. And, you know, thought, like, hey, he'd be fine sleeping there. We had to buy, like, another bowl for a food bowl. We had to buy food because we didn't have food there. Mm-hmm. We, we had never had a pet or a dog like that before. Yeah. Um, we've had fish, and I had a crawfish uh, once, which is, like, those little, yeah, they're like lobsters, mini lobsters. Hey, it's so small. But, yeah, it, it, was, it was just super funny because, you know, she was upset the whole ride home. And eventually we get home. You know, he's super, like, the energy just comes out. Like, you know, he was super mellow in, in the, in the, in the kennel, right? Yeah. In the car, too. And he gets home, and he's like, oh, my God. He just sniffs everywhere, and we realize how energetic he is. Still really quiet. We don't hear him bark maybe until, like, two days later. Oh, wow. But, yeah, it just, hearing that story, uh, you know, like I said, the dog's now 15. He's been with us, like, for so many different, you know, he went, he's been with me all through high school, all through college. And the like graduation of college, and now me trying to adult as best I can. Yeah. You know, he's been through there through all of that, and his age has gone a little bit more, and he's not as energetic as he used to be. He he can't see as well. Uh, it's it's kind of sad, but just thinking back, like how we ended up adopting him was so rare, and just like I like I like sharing that story with people, just because it was like a one in a million chance we ended up with that dog. You know. Yeah. We almost missed it because my dad was injured and we probably shouldn't have gone. And, and then yeah. we took the bus and we, we couldn't take him on the bus back. So, like, how are we going to get him? And, you know, my, I remember my sister pitched, like, why don't we just walk? And it's like, that's like a freaking, like, a two-hour <laughs> walk from the shelter to our house. Like, we're not... Like a four-mile walk? Yeah, something like that. It would have been stupid long. And um, so, you know, it was funny. Just kind of like the stars aligned. We ended up getting that dog naming him Caesar, and he's been in our lives ever since. And I think what's been cool is the most, we were, we were talking about this earlier, just, you know, my parents weren't super ecstatic about having a dog, especially my mom. She's not a big dog person. 
or a pet person in general. But as he's gotten older and they've kind of, he's grown on my parents and I see both of them getting more involved with the dog when it just used to be, oh, it's Noah's thing. Mm -hmm. And then I remember the first time I saw my sister step up um, when I tore my ACL in senior year of high school and I couldn't really do much, right? Because I was in a big brace and yeah. it was hard for me to do anything on crutches for the first you know, like two, three months maybe. And so she stepped up and helped out big time. And then again, she did when I was away in college. Um, so, you know, it, it just, it's just, yeah, like I said, the stars aligned a certain way. We ended up with the dog, a dog that, you know, I can now say is my best friend. And it's super cool. Super grateful. Thanks for tuning in again to this week's show. Just a reminder, you can listen to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Google Play, and a bunch of other listening platforms. Be sure to leave a rating and review. Be sure to subscribe to us as well. Follow me on Twitter at underscore Noah Alvarez. Follow me on Instagram at Noha underscore Alvarez. And follow the My Mike and I page on Instagram. It's relatively new at my period Mike and period I. Thanks again to Generic Sports for producing the instrumental. Thanks to everybody that's tuning in to the My Mike and I podcast. I am the host, Noah Alvarez, and I'm signing off. Till next time.